BAM Radio Network. If you walked in and left smart boards and whiteboards and all kinds of things behind and walked into a school where your classroom had a chalkboard and you didn't even have a projector, because I know you use that a lot with kids, talk a little bit about what your sort of first actions were when you realized, I don't have stuff, but I got to figure out how to have stuff for kids. Welcome to Change Ed, where practitioners describe how they make change happen. This is Pam Moran. And I'm Iris Sokol. And we're here today with Michael Thornton, who is an elementary school teacher in the Albemarle County Public Schools in Virginia. Uh, Michael has taught a lot of different grades in elementary school and right now is working toward being part of a multi-age classroom project. Uh, And he's one of those educators who lets students control many of the decisions in the classroom in, you know, in a really positive and exciting way. So welcome, Michael. Uh, Michael, I guess my first question would be, how has your teaching style, how has your, you know, work in a classroom changed over the last, say, five years? Over the last five years, I, I would say changed dramatically. I've always, even from the beginning, I remember actually sitting in grad school classes and listening to the professors talk and say what a classroom is supposed to look like. And I would sit there in my head and even like whisper to my friends in the class, that's not at all how I want to teach. And so I'll step back and say, even from the beginning, even when I was in school, the traditional way of doing things was not how I saw the classroom. So I got into teaching and everyone, you know, does things a certain way. And you got to get pushed for that more traditional style when you start to teach. And so I kind of did a little bit of that, but I would say within a year or two of starting to teach, I was already starting to do things that made people kind of look to see what I was doing. Not necessarily, not always positively, but I was doing something different. And and over the last five years, I've really adapted my teaching style so that I'm part of the class, but I'm not the head of the class. And what I mean by that is I'm there as a facilitator, I'm there as, as a guide, I'm there as definitely an instructor, but the focus of the class is not on me, nor, in my opinion, should it be. I would love if we could have, as a part of this radio show, the opportunity to walk into your classroom and start a a video running and let people see what you mean when you say, I'm not really that traditional, and what you're going to see when you come in my classroom really is, in my opinion, some of the most out-of-the-box public school teaching that goes on anywhere. I'm wondering if you might dive in a little bit and kind of do a little bit of reflective focus on what would people see if they walked in your classroom? What would you want them to see? And maybe just describe a little bit of what are the kinds of things that kids do or are doing right now. This year, like I'm I'm more focused on teaching mostly social studies. So the instruction they would see would be based around social studies. But even with that, I'm trying to, I'm pulling in some language arts, I'm pulling in some math. What they would see, it's hard to really describe necessarily because it's not something that I necessarily direct. So, uh, for example, I had a student walk down the hallway yesterday that's not, I see for 50 minutes a day, so it's not, he's not really in my class. But he's walking by the hallway, he's like, hey, Mr. T, can I go charge my phone in your room? And I guess the reason I tell that story is because it kind of gives an indication of what my room's like. I'm that at room where those kids think that they can, like, charge their phone, where the kids think, I don't have to sit at this table anymore. I can go lay on the ground and listen, or lay on the ground and work with my friends. I I like to let the students come up with their own ideas of how to do things. So, and I'm still learning, 
every single day. And so I might come up with a project idea, and what I've gotten much better about over the last couple of years is my project idea is my project idea. So when, when I introduce it, if a student comes up to me and says, I think I would rather do it like this, I've gotten much better saying, okay, because that's them, them showing their investment in what's being done. I can't ask for anything else as a teacher. So I like to introduce things. I like to like kind of set things up, but then the, let the students take it and kind of roll with it and make it their own. Um, and I think that's how they, they learn better that way. And they'll be all over the room using all different types of devices. All my kids, um, a lot of my students right now bring cell phones to my class. They bring, I've even had students bring a laptop this year. I've had students bring tablets. Now, Michael, if, it's, if I get this right... In the last six years, you've taught fifth grade, third grade, second grade, kindergarten. Yep. So the only grade... The fourth grade goes back to my first two years of teaching, but yeah. The only grade you've missed is first. But one of the things that I think about is that you were working in a relatively affluent school and then transferred into a school that's got a very different demographic, um, more of a majority-minority school, 60% free and reduced lunch, pretty close to that, I think did not have, in fact, you walked in and left smart boards and whiteboards and all kinds of things behind and walked into a school where your classroom had a chalkboard and you didn't even have a projector because I know you use that a lot with kids. Talk a little bit about what your sort of first actions were when you realized I don't have stuff, but I got to figure out how to have stuff for kids. Well, I mean, I, I, did, I did start to lobby a bit with you know the administration and they've been really good about kind of upping a little bit of the stuff that I, that I can have in the, in the classroom. But I will tell you, with the chalkboard, even even with the chalkboard, I made it, and I tweeted this out, but I made it an interactive chalkboard, which you can do easily. Just project the screen on it and not have a, a you know a screen, so it's just the projector on it, and then let them write on the board as you're, as you're on a website. I'm lucky right now that the administration got me a memo, which has been really helpful. When it comes to the switch in general beyond technology, my I'm of the opinion that kids are kids. And if you can build a positive relationship with the kids and with the students, which we all should be striving to do. That should be almost our number one goal as educators. If we can build that relationship with them, the other things I have found fall in line. And so I want to be the teacher that the kids want to eat lunch with. I want to be the teacher that the kids feel comfortable coming up to me and and having a conversation with me and talking to me because that shows me that, that when they get to my room, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna, there's going to be a level of respect between us, and there's going to be a lot of work that can get done. Michael, how important is it in your sense of education for kids to be playing, for kids to be kids? Well, I, I'm, I'm very big on that. I mean, I don't want to get into the we, – I know we've only a few minutes. I don't want to get into the whole testing a- aspect of all this, but the testing aspect is a big deal, especially when you're in a grade like fifth grade where there's a lot of expectations. And all of that kind of pulls away from this idea that kids – just need to be kids. They need to investigate. They need to play. And through that, through that investigation, through those investigations, and, and through the play, is how they're going to learn. I mean, that's how we learn. So, like I, two years ago, I built a, a, a deck in my backyard. I, I'm not handy at all. I watched YouTube. I played around with some tools. I figured some things out. I made a little small little version of it, and then I built the deck. That's what kids should be doing in school because that's really in in in, in the end of it. That's how we that's how we learn. But we're so structured school-wise, a lot of times, that we get away from that. And so play is, is vital. It's not just play in kindergarten, which I know is a big push, and I taught kindergarten, I love playing in kindergarten, but it should be play throughout school. Even high school should be playing. I mean, that, that, that's how they should be learning is through hands-on play. The play is going to be different, obviously. It's a different level, but it still should be some sort of, of 
play, some sort of investigation of uh, investigative process that's enabled them to, to learn the way that they need to be learning. You've always been a person who believes that children should have a sense of voice and agency and the capability to have influence. And one of the things that caught my attention when you and I first started talking, besides the fact that you let kids draw on your floor, was that you had a group of third graders and you threw out a challenge to them and they started building their own curriculum resources inside live binders. I think that your third grade third graders eventually won national or international award for the best live binder created that year up at ISTE. That is true. But those kids were, they were presenting at conferences virtually, doing all kinds of things. And you've had kids doing similar stuff since. But how is it that you go about really trying to have kids find their sense of voice and that influence not just on themselves, but on each other as learners? Because I think that's a really important way that you've changed over the years to really go after the shift from teacher-centered to a real child-centered space. Our teacher is learner, learner is teacher. I I really stress to them that this is their education. They need to play an active role in what's what's being done. You know, if if they feel like something should be done a different way, come up to me and say, I feel like this should be done like this. Because I want them to, to understand that this is for them. This is This is going to help them. This is not like a I'm at school, made to three things. This is life. I mean, learning is part of life. And so the, the better you can control your own learning, the better you're going to be in the long run. I mean, for example, I had a student yesterday. I was in class, and I saw that she was reading. She had printed off this packet about standardized testing. She was reading it. And it was like, it was the pros and cons of standardized testing. I was like, so what do you think? You read that. She, she had been highlighting stuff in it. And she went. she started talking about, her feelings about standardized testing. I said, you know what? I, I love this. Are you going to write a paper about this? Or are you going to you going to write down the notes about this? And she said, yeah. So I was. I said, I would love to have you put this on my blog, and you could guess on my blog and, and submit what you're going to write about this. And I guess that's what I'm getting at is they need to feel that. And I, saw, I watched her leave from talking to me, and she went over to her friend. She's like, oh, I'm going to be on Mr. T's blog, which, I mean, Mr. T's blog is not a huge deal. But to her, it's actually cares about what she's doing. And it shows me that she's invested in, in her own education, which we can't ask for anything more than that. Every time I've been in your class, the kids are taking charge of it. Can you give us a brief, in, you know, 30 seconds, uh, look at how your class furnishings develop, how your space develops? Like when I started going back to what we were talking about before, I did pretty much the traditional look, the rows and then the desk. And within a year, I guess my first year at, at Meriwether, this is my first year in Amaral County, I was already starting to push towards tables. So I was taking all my desks and I was putting them together because I wanted the kids talking to each other during class, not not talking, which is what a lot of the push was for them not to talk. I actually wanted them to talk. And so once I was able to push the desks together and they started to work together, at that point I wanted to get rid of desks all, all together. I wanted tables so that they're sitting together and working together. But beyond that, they don't really even need that stuff. I want them to have whatever it is they want. And what I have found most of the time is, is that the students want to actually be on the floor or they want to be standing up or they want to be walking around. And so when I, when I develop an activity in class, I, I keep that in mind, obviously, and, and, and I make sure that I'm not sheltering that from happening. Thank you, Michael. I, it's never enough time, but I have to tell you, we really appreciate you joining us today for Change Ed. And uh, are hopefully, uh, at some point, maybe we'll have you back and we'll continue the conversation. Thanks for listening to Change Ed. I'm Iris Oakley. And I'm Pam Moran, and we're glad you joined us. This program is produced by Accretive Media for the BAM Radio Network. 
Thanks for listening.